Welcome to Books with Bagby, a podcast about books. In this podcast, I sit down with authors discussing the reason behind certain books that they've written, or we just sit and talk about education, music, technology, or something of the like. If you find this podcast to be your cup of tea, make sure you like, subscribe, and all the things. And share it with your friends, because silos are for grain, not education. And now, Books with Bagby. Hello, I'm here today with author Weston Kishnick. Uh, he is former educator, and now he does all the things, all the great things um, inside of conferences, around conferences. If you don't have him as a keynote, or if you've never heard of him as a keynote, you better look him up or have your district call and get him. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about not bold school, but well, unless he wants to, uh, the Educator's Atlas, your roadmap to engagement. Weston, thank you for coming on, and hey, how are hey, you doing today? Thank you, sir. I'm great, man. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you. So, uh, a little bit different than Bold School. Uh, what was the reasoning behind the Educator's Atlas? Because you talk about having it and never giving it, but then you decided to give it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I like the premises that exist in Bold School and Breaking Bold are wonderful. It's just like you know, Bold School is really about great pedagogy and great technology. Breaking Bold is about the habituated uh, behaviors of educators who build master relationships with kids. And uh, the Educator's Atlas is actually a book that's been sort of like 15 years in the making, which is, uh, it's about engagement. Because, you know, Greg, people tell us to be more engaging all the time. They're like, oh, be more engaging, be more engaging. And forgive me, I have spent the last 15 years trying to figure out like, like okay, what, the, what does that mean? Like, be more engaging. Okay, great. That's just like telling kids like, hey, do better in school. Yes. Uh, it's, it's just one of those big, I'm interested in these big macro words that we use in education that we don't really drill down into words like engagement, things like relationships, concepts like blended learning. And so it's taken me 15 years to kind of you know, study like what is it that engaging teachers do differently? And I'm embarrassed that it took me that long, but I'm a slow learner apparently. Uh, and the Educator's Atlas is it. It's what great teachers, it's what great speakers, it's what great presenters do, uh, whether they realize it or not. So as you're thinking of this, the Educator's Atlas, what great speakers do and whether they realize it or not, what's the deep lesson you want from this? What do you want folks to learn? I assume yeah. you want folks to learn because you're an educator. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't, I can't get away from it. So the biggest thing I want people to understand about engagement is that engagement is formulaic. And it's, it's a thing that, so when we think about the most engaging experiences of our lives, right? So think about those moments where you seek out opportunities to be engaged in something. You know, uh, the world of entertainment comes to mind immediately. Uh, the movies that we watch, the books that we read, the stories that we're told, the jokes that we hear. And uh, I mean, when you think about it, when a songwriter sits down to write a song, they follow a, a template. There is intro, verse one, chorus, verse two, chorus, the bridge, the chorus comes around again, and then the song will end, right? When a joke writer sits down to write a joke, there will be uh, uh, basically a setup, uh, we'll develop an assumption about where the joke is going. Uh, the comedian will shatter that assumption and then bam, punchline. 
look at every Disney movie you've ever seen. Every Disney movie you've ever seen follows Freetag's pyramid, right? There's exposition, there's an inciting incident, then there's a rising action, a climactic moment, a falling action, and then a resolution. Every Disney movie follows that format. And so I was just like, man, like if engagement is formulaic, like there has to be something that engaging teachers do differently. And Atlas is that formula. Really great teachers will walk in, they'll capture and hold student attention. They're masters of the transitional phrase. They'll teach a clear and concise lesson. They'll follow that lesson with some kind of activity because there has to be a doing thing. It's not enough just to lay information at the kid's feet. And then there's a summation. Uh, really great teachers are acutely aware that learning is an inherently emotional experience and that learning is sticky when it's tied to emotion. And the feeling kids feel when they walk in the door can't be boredom and the feeling they feel when they walk out can't be failure. I like that. And in case you missed that, um, that was an acronym for Atlas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's no secret. It's, it's, it was funny, uh, Greg, I was, uh, I was doing a keynote one time on the educators Atlas and I was talking about what great educators do. And uh, a teacher one time uh, said like, oh, like this strikes me as like sort of like similar to Madeline Hunter's seven step lesson design. And I said, great. Tell me all seven steps. Crickets. <laughs> and, and, and Greg, I'll tell you this. I have asked that question dozens of times to thousands of different people. And not once have people been able to tell me. And Madeline Hunter stuff has been around since like 1964. Every yes. single one of us has filled out that design template in college. <laughs> guaranteed. I was thinking of the same thing. I was like, yes. oh, shoot. Okay, so I know this. Uh, okay, uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know what? People can usually tell me the first step, which is anticipatory set. And dude, I'm always just like, okay, what the hell does that mean? Anticipatory set. Like we add so many layers of complexity to our field that don't need to exist. Why can't we just label things clearly and succinctly so that educators can replicate what engagement looks like? Capture and hold student attention, use a transitional phrase, teach a lesson, offer an activity, make sure there's a summation and then get out. Like that's, that's what really engaging teachers, presenters, speakers, it's what people do. Yes, and you brought up something that one of my previous guests talked about uh, the whole idea of replicate. He said, it's out there. We know what to do. We know what works. We just need to replicate it. Yes, because if you, if you can take a concept like engagement and distill it into steps, then we can replicate it. But the problem with engagement as, as a conversation and, and in the way that we have it now is that like we don't distill it. We tell teachers to be more engaging or we outsource engagement to these misguided solutions, right? So like, uh, I love technology. Read, anyone who's read Bold School will tell you, I love technology. Uh, technology will never be the cure for engagement in classrooms. It just won't. Anyone who's ever used technology in a classroom knows that. The shelf life on engagement with technology is short, and then we're left back in the same exact place we were before. And so like we, if we're going to be serious about engagement and not just talk about it, but we're really going to be about it, we, we have to distill it into steps and be able to replicate it. I love it. Yeah. So as you were writing through this, um, since it took 15 years in the making, what was your greatest challenge in writing this book? And how did you overcome those 15 years to get it in print? So my my greatest challenge is is I think and it's it's what a, a couple of people have told me is sort of like my my greatest strength as a writer. My challenge is is always to make the complex simple, 
And it's, it, it, maybe it's, it's a constant challenge in my brain just because I'm a, such a simple-minded dude. Maybe it's just because I'm not very smart, but it's just like, I always like, my biggest challenge was like, okay, how do we, how do we create engaging teaching and learning scenarios in a way that is not complex without being reductive, right? Because teaching, teaching is equal parts architecture and interior design. Like you're never going to separate the fact that like teaching is art and science. And so like, how do you distill great teaching into meaningful steps without being reductionist? And by saying like, well, if you just do this, you're a great teacher. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. Like just in the same way, it's possible to follow, follow free tags pyramid and create a really crappy Disney movie. Like you can follow the Atlas model and create a really poor lesson. That's absolutely possible. It's also, it, it's also possible not to follow the Atlas model and still create an incredibly engaging teaching and learning scenario. I mean, look at, the example I give in the book is like, look at Pulp Fiction, right? Have you seen Pulp Fiction? Uh, it, probably, yeah, how many times? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So Pulp Fiction is incredible. Yes, it it does not follow any traditional model for movie making whatsoever. And I think that's why it blew the minds of everyone when we went yeah. and saw it so it, many years ago. <laughs> it's very unique, and there are teachers out there doing things that are incredibly unique. But what's problematic is like. When teachers feel like every time they design an engaging lesson, like, oh my gosh, like I got to design pulp fi the next Pulp Vic Fiction version of, of my lesson. It's like, no, no, no. Like, I, I just, I, I don't want teachers to feel like they can't be engaging because they're not creative. You know, creative people aren't doing things that nobody has ever done before. They're doing things lots of people have done before. They're just putting their own spin on those things. And that's, it's, it's my wish and my goal for people when they read the Educators Atlas is to say like, oh, I can do this and I can do it in a way that fits me and my personality and my pedagogical DNA and what I do well. Yes, that guy, uh, George, that we were talking about earlier, yeah. George Kuros, he talks about how uh, we have ideas and we have systems that we can put into education but we should take those systems or those ideas or those patterns or those things and change them to fit our need because no two schools are alike. No two kids are alike. Yeah. So, and, and George is hundred percent right when he says that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cut that out. I said that don't cut out the part where I say George Carlos is hundred percent right. <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> and if you're listening, George, yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> So, have a, sorry about that. Uh, uh, okay. So, do you have any other publications on the horizon? Do you have your next big project, or you just, or was this the next big project? This, this was the next big project. You know, it's it's really funny. Like, I, I'm sure there's another book on the horizon. If you were to ask me to label it right now, I have no idea what it is. What's What's funny is before I wrote Bold School, I was just like, I could never write a book. And this, I think, there's a good message for everyone out there who's like it's amazing how many people I talk to who are just like, yeah, I'm really thinking about writing a book. Like if you're thinking about it, do it. And if it's like, if it's meaningful enough and you feel passionate enough about it, do it, get it out there into the space. Like we need as many people out there contributing great ideas into education as possible. And so like before I wrote bold school, I was like, I could never write a book. And then I did. And then I wrote bold school and I was like, Oh, okay. That's it. Like, those are all my ideas. <laughs> and then, you know, a year or two goes by and it's just like, you know what, like I'll, I see things in education that I, I think are in need of attention. And then I wrote Breaking Bold with my wife, Molly. And it was just yes. like, we, we were passionate enough about it where it was like, we need to put this out into the space. And then after Breaking Bold, it was like, okay, like I'm going to take a break for like five or 10 years. Cause I don't like, I don't consider myself like 
a, a Todd Whitaker type person who just like cranks out so much content. I'm just like, <laughs> yes. again, I don't think I'm that smart. Um, but you know, a couple of years will go by and it's just like, I'll, I'll, I'll be burning to contribute something and try to like fill a void in our space. And that's where the educators Atlas comes from. But, you know, I, in terms of what's next, I, I, I have no idea. I can, I can tell you things are that I'm passionate about right now. Uh, I'm passionate about, uh, the partnership that I think we need to reignite between educators and parents and at-home caregivers. Um, I'll tell you what, like school is at its, if we learned anything from the pandemic, school is at its best when it's a partnership between parents, at-home caregivers, and educators, where educators say like, hey, I'm going to do A, B, and C during the day, but when kids come back home, like D, E, or F has to happen. And notice I didn't say like D, E, and F, like, yes. but parents and at-home caregivers have to be, like, our schools weren't designed to carry 100% of the workload for rearing our kids. And so, um, if there's something I'm passionate about, it's it's a, uh, a sort of like reigniting that partnership between us and parents and at-home caregivers. Um, but I mean, is there a book there? Uh, no, that's that's the long and short of my whole idea right now, Greg. So here's the thing. If somebody else is passionate about that, go write that book before I can. So you, you said you had passions. Well, give me another one. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, just uh, in, the in the education space right now? Yes. I mean, obviously the, the easy one, like I'm super passionate. Engagement is my primary passion right now. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's the most important topic we need to be discussing in education. Uh, because I think what happened was our, our kids went home during the pandemic and they got to experience uh, blended learning that was truly blended where voice and choice and pace and place were, were just like, it was awesome. Like I could school from home in my pajamas. And, and then what happened was a lot of them came back to our schools and the experience they got in our schools was the same one they had at home, which was a teacher in front of slides talking. But now what was removed were things like voice and choice. Like now we had to come into a bill and, and, and they don't like that. And they're more disengaged than they've ever been before. Uh, and I think, uh, I think that's problematic. Uh, and oh, we, yes. we, we have to understand like, Engagement's a function of uh, student disposition and teaching methodology. Uh, and we have no control over student disposition, none whatsoever. Uh, but we have abundant control over teaching methodology and we can be better about our, about our methodology. And so like, those are, I mean, uh, the second one is such a cop-out, Greg, because it's just like, yeah, what's your- I was gonna say, that's the book, come on. I know, <laughs> I know, that's the book. But I'm, I'm again, I'm, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I, my wife will tell you this, like, I don't do well with divided attention. It's not uh, like I'm not a good multitasker. I don't do well with divided attention. Like if if somebody were to knock on the door right now, like it would I would not be able to ignore it. It would throw me off. And so like right now, my attention is fully focused on uh, engagement. And if it were to deviate a little bit, it's the uh, it's the parent at home caregiver uh, relationship with schools. And I mean. I'm, that's probably a byproduct of the fact that I'm just super interested in parenting right now. You know, we, you and I were talking about our kids uh, before we got on this call. And it's just like, I love talking to parenting's hard as hell, man. It's oh, so yeah. important. It's so important, but it's so damn hard. And so like, I'm just, I'm so interested in talking with parents who have really good kids. And I, 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 I genuinely mean really good kids. Like, I don't care what level of success they've achieved, but if they've like if you are a parent who has managed to raise good human beings, like 
I'm dying to talk to you. Uh, because like, as a, a dad of a 10 and 12 year old, uh, I'm just trying to soak up as much wisdom as possible. And God bless my kids. God bless their mother. My, like, my kids are great. They are hard workers. Uh, they are happy children. They're super joyful. Uh, they're really active. But this parenting thing is no joke, man. And so any chance I get to soak up wisdom from other people, I'm about it. Well, well, we'll have that conversation after the podcast about all yeah. the parenting things. Yes, I need, I need, I need all the tips, man. <laughs> so, uh, as we're talking around the book and about the book, is there another gem that you could share from the book that you would like the audience to think of? Yeah. So, uh, one of the things, and so this is just kind of a, a look inside the book here. Uh, you know, one of the one of the best things that we can do. You, like you want to instantly be more engaging, omit this phrase from your teaching vocabulary. Good morning, class. Today we're going to insert boring thing here. Uh, it's, it's a thing every single one of us can do. Uh, it is not engaging. It is not interesting. Uh, and uh, I can't tell you the number of classes I see start like that. Um, and so some of you are out there are like, I'm looking inside your brains. You're like, well, Weston, our kids need to know the learning outcomes for the day. Nobody ever said we need to reveal those in the first 12 seconds. Nobody ever said, said that. And so like, we, like we're blowing the punchline of our joke before we've had a chance to tell it. Right. And so like, let that curiosity marinate kids walk in with curiosity every single day. They ask, they give you evidence. They give us the same stupid questions every single day. Kishnik, what are we doing today? Oh, are we doing something today? Like they have that curiosity. Let that curiosity marinate, right? And instead, like capture and hold student attention. So there's only a handful of ways to even do that. You can start with a story. You can ask an enrolling question. Uh, there are games and challenges. There are mnemonics. Like, uh, or you can start with a video clip, right? There's there's basically five ways to capture and hold student attention. Start with one of those five things, as opposed to like, good morning class. Today we're going to do something perceptibly difficult and then kids will bail on you before you've even begun so true uh, i just wow. remember uh, brought me back to the mr Babby, are we playing today i taught band and they would ask are we playing today yeah no chad today we're going to experience the music of blah 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 <laughs> and he'd say oh. and then at the end of the class i thought you said we weren't playing it's like we, well, you were experiencing it. Yes. But yes. it's one of those things. Yes. Yeah. Curiosity, uh, curiosity is a prerequisite to engagement. And the good news is like, we don't have to manufacture it. Kids walk in with it. Like, let's, let's harness that curiosity. Yes. Well, uh, before we let you go, how can folks connect with you? Um, are you on the Twitters, the blogs, emails? Yeah, I'm, I'm on all the, all the social medias. So you can find me on, on Twitter, at Wes underscore Kieschnick, or just search Weston Kieschnick. I'm the only one, uh, uh, you know, that's not a, a common name. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on LinkedIn, wherever you get your social media from. Uh, can't find me on TikTok just because I don't, I don't, Greg, I don't need any more, man. Uh, you, you can also find Molly and I uh, on our podcast, Teaching Keating. Uh, thanks to the, goodness, tens of thousands of people who listen to that podcast. I'm overwhelmed by it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can find me on the road, coming to a conference or a state or a school district near you. Yes. And if you see his name ever run quickly, sign up and go and experience him. Uh, good friend of mine, teacher that I hired to work with me, um, at my school, she told me, Greg, when you're as good as Weston, then you can start thinking about doing keynotes. I was like, 
wow, that hurt. And this is after she saw me give a keynote. Yes. Oh man. I'm not going to name her name, but I'm going to tell her about this. That's, that's right. You can, you can call her out. No, you're good, man. Go out, go out and do your thing. Keep, uh, keep doing you keep doing your thing. And uh, just thank you for all the good stuff that you put out uh, into the world. Uh, like, I hope you're throwing your Twitter handle out there and social media because uh, your voice in the space is really important and really valuable. And I just, I really appreciate you, man. Well, thank you very much. And Weston, thank you for your time. And we've been looking at the Educators Atlas, your roadmap to engagement. And as always, be it on the road, in the classroom, in a boardroom, ask good questions, answering the ones you can, make someone feel special, and be great because you are great. Have a great day.